0: Today, a special episode of Return to Reason, where knowledge and wisdom intersect. My guest today is Rick Shirelli, who is an Ottawa City Councilor. Also, he is one that stands very strong for freedom and for the Freedom Convoy's right to peacefully protest. Now, you've been the longest-serving member um, on the City Council in Ottawa. I mean, that gives you quite the perspective of a lot of things going on today.
1: Yeah, well, I've uh, learned a lot over the years, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, I'll bet. Now, it's my understanding you've been on the ground there um, where the Freedom Convoy is. is. What was your take on on them as you walked amongst them?
1: Well, it was nothing like the rhetoric that I've heard over the past several weeks. It was, um, I did, for instance, I didn't meet one terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, uh, we've been told that uh, they're uh, terrorists, that they're hate-fueled, and that kind of thing. I, I didn't meet anyone like that. I met lots of regular people, uh, families who, you know, trucking is the family business. And, um, and they're here to make their point about something they feel strongly about. And, um, and they want to be heard on that. And, uh, not a lot of people were listening to them. You seem to be,
0: uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the only council member that is, seems to be standing for freedom of speech for the freedom convoy.
1: Well, I guess you could look at it that way. There's, uh, most seem to, uh, think that, being part of the convoy is in itself illegal, uh, which I don't understand. I, you know, you're allowed to protest in Canada. It's part of, uh, it's part of our democracy. And uh, I've heard this isn't a protest. They're demanding the overthrow of the government. Well, they're demanding that uh, the prime minister resign, but you're allowed to do that in a democracy. Right. Uh, you're not allowed right. to do it with guns. You're not allowed to go in and try to force a new government into office, but you're allowed to, to uh, be opposed to a government if you want to be. Right. And uh, I think they have a right to uh, have their say and to protest. And sometimes that's inconvenient in a capital city. Uh, it's inconvenient to your day-to-day life here. Um, but there are a lot of good things that go along with being a capital city. And so you take the, the bad with the good in that situation. And um, But you know, the, the convoy from the very beginning, I think that, that most of the members have realized if they hadn't honked their horns all night, uh, they wouldn't have alienated so many Ottawa residents are you
0: being flooded by calls? Like we get the feeling from mainstream media that it's like thousands of calls are coming in to you. Is that a correct uh, guess on my part? Or?
1: No, that's not true. There, This isn't even the top issue of the year in terms of phone call generation. But there are phone calls uh, yeah. from people who've been kept awake at night. And I think the truckers now realize <laughs> that they probably should have stop the horn blowing at 11 o'clock or something, according to our bylaws, and if they had done that, they would have alienated fewer people, but that's okay. They've made their, their point that way, but no one had come out to talk to them. And I think that was a mistake. When you had the chief of police from the beginning saying, there is no policing solution to this, Usually politicians understand that that is code for, okay, it's up to you politicians to get in there and speak to people and and try to resolve it in a uh, more cooperative way uh, than enforcement.
0: It seems like that's what uh, the government wants even still. They want policing to deal with this.
1: Yeah. Well, there's no, no question that they look stronger if it's policing that deals with it, but Um, that won't resolve uh, the issue and the reason people... I met a lot of people who've spent a lot of their own money to come here. And I think if you drive from Calgary to Ottawa, then uh, you at least want to be heard. And by being heard, it's not really good enough that people heard your horn honk. Uh, you want them to hear what you want, have to say. And I think if if more politicians had realized that uh, that's necessary, mm-hmm.
0: uh,
1: then we'd be in a better situation. Because I think most agree the goal should be that this be resolved at some point and without any violence. So with that in mind, there are certain things that need to be done. And things that need to be avoided like i thought it was a bad move to call in the children's aid society to uh, the child protective services people to um go up to each truck that has the family in it and uh you know it's one thing to check on the kids but it's another thing to check on the kids in a political way right. so i thought that was a, a bad move
0: how long did they do that for? Are they still doing that? Like are they just moving from truck to truck as an
1: agency? I don't think I don't think they're still doing it cuz I think all of the trucks that have uh, children in them have left town. So, Do you think so? Um, I think so. I haven't my last time I went and talked to people, I didn't see any families still here. So okay. They may come back on the weekend, I don't know, but uh, but the fact is, no kids were, as far as I know, no kids were taken from the trucks. And I think had there been any, then we would have had a serious problem. So what do you think about the
0: Emergency Act uh, being done by our Prime Minister?
1: Yeah, well, I know it, it seems overreaching for uh, the type of situation. Um, this, this idea that... Uh, there's violence in the street and all that that just isn't true at least i didn't see any when i walked down the street and talked to a number of truckers and a number of ottawa residents no one i knew saw any of that and uh the there was a big deal made of uh, a couple of hate symbols that people uh like flags that were uh, racist and that um but the fact is, most people aren't carrying any of those things. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we don't even know if the people carrying them were actually truckers or were they members of Ottawa society who just happened to see a big gathering and try to take advantage of it. Has
0: anybody found them to determine what their purpose was or who
1: they are? Well, there, there's an investigation into that, mm-hmm. and I expect we will know at some point very soon because they got some of these people on video and uh, so they'll identify them and then determine where they live if they live in ottawa unfortunately we have that problem in ottawa as many other cities have at different times um but you can't blame for
0: that. it seems quite confusing uh when it comes to the mayor agreeing to meet with the freedom convoy organizers after they make a good faith move to get some of the big rigs out of the residential neighborhoods what's your what's happening there with this
1: well this is um a confusing situation because as far as i know the person he met with is not the leader of the convoy um, and really did not have uh, any mandate to reach an agreement of any kind so he met with someone yeah, he met with someone, but as far as I know, it was someone that he knew from his past, not from uh, from the fact that they were with the convoy. But, um, and then uh, there's no, um, as I talked to truckers, there seemed to be no agreement with her. Um, and I guess what the agreement was, had the truckers giving up some some uh, issues but not getting much in return because they, they didn't actually come here to meet with the mayor. They don't have issues that can be resol- resolved with the mayor. Right. Uh, it would be with the prime minister or the premier. Um, but, uh, you know, it would be good if the mayor met with them, but that would be good for... Uh, the city side of things is not so much for the truckers, mm-hmm. but they, at least the truckers would be heard, and the mayor is in constant contact with the prime minister, so uh, you could at least funnel a message through him. I've been hearing
0: that the truckers wanted to work with local police, with the council, the mayor, to make sure that they uh, you know, weren't, as minimal as possible, infringing on residents. Is that what you're hearing?
1: Well, I know that the uh, truckers were in contact with uh, the Ottawa police before they even got to Ottawa. And so they had agreed on a couple of places that the convoy could park in off hours and things like that. But that sort of unraveled quickly. uh, And um, I guess the police were at a situation where... um, they hadn't enforced a lot of the bylaws. And then suddenly that lack of enforcement got a lot of people angry and they no longer thought traditional enforcement would work. So normally if someone's blaring their horn at two in the morning, uh, you give them a ticket and that makes them stop. That's the way it's normally worked at the city. Uh, And I guess police thought that wouldn't be enough to make them stop. Well, it may well have been enough. We don't know. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, and ends up somebody got an injunction to get the horns to stop. It shouldn't have taken that because uh, we have bylaws to prevent that kind of disruption anyway. And, but that doesn't make the convoy illegal. Right. Uh, the blaring the horn can be illegal but that's enforceable against individuals who were actually doing it it's not something that's on the whole convoy so uh i think there was a education piece missing by ottawa the city of ottawa and the police to remind people that everyone has the right to protest and that that is going to inconvenience them at different times but they aren't expected to put up with certain things and then those things should have been enforced better but uh, the bottom line is you have an issue that's a national government issue and you have people coming to the national capital to protest and if you want it resolved that always has to begin with talking and uh, it's only by carrying on a dialogue like that that you hopefully avoid violence, and that's yeah. got to be the main goal. Yeah, you know, when you look at um,
0: what's going on right now, how can the average Canadians like support democracy at all levels of government? Because it's we need to be thinking that way with cities, uh, with provinces, um, in, with our nation. What would you like to tell viewers about, about that, like what you're seeing in Ottawa, and what we should do as Canadians?
1: Well, I think the first thing is we have to come to grips with the idea that uh, democracy is good regardless of which side of the issue people are on. So the fact that you disagree with the convoy, which some people do, that doesn't mean it's wrong. Uh, They have the right, they still have the right to protest and to demonstrate their opinions. And, uh, I think we have to realize that opinions that are different than ours, um, are no less valid and have every right to be heard and should be celebrated. We should be happy that people do this kind of thing from time to time. And because there are a lot of other countries where this kind of effort would be met with machine guns and, uh, And that's not the case here and it shouldn't be. So, uh, I think people need to realize that this is an expression of one of the things that makes the country great.
0: You, You made a comment earlier, Rick, I just wanted to go back to you. I'd ask you if, uh, you guys have thousands of phone calls, uh, about the truckers, uh, from all your, your people. And you said no, not at all. Uh, and this isn't. And you made a comment of this has not been the worst one. Have, there's been other times where more phone calls have come in than the Freedom Convoy.
1: Oh yeah, when we had the ice storm, we had a lot of phone calls, and that's people. We had a major ice storm in 1998, and uh, most areas of the city lost power, and that kind of thing. So we did have uh, issues that we had to deal with. We had a tornado hit here couple of years ago Mm -hmm, right and uh, they generate a lot we had um, I remember when city council tried to uh, have a plastic cow removed from the roof of a business and that generated over 10,000 interventions from the public and so it (laughs) something that seems some uh, a bit frivolous right now still generated a lot and people were demanding that this business's right to express itself be protected. And other people didn't seem to realize that the cow was plastic and not real and they (laughs) wanted to save the (laughs) (laughs) cow. That's funny. Rick, what's the political climate like there in
0: Ottawa? I mean, if you were to just tell us, tell the world, hey, what's it like there right now in that city?
1: Well, since the uh, Emergency Act, um, I've heard from a lot of people who say that Uh, this has gone too far and they take one side or the other. Either it's gone too far because the truckers have made them go this far or the prime minister has gone too far and overestimated the uh, significance on daily life of the uh, convoy. But uh, there seems to be pretty good consensus that Uh, that was too significant of a uh, reaction by the government. So we'll see where this ends up. You know, on one hand, people are saying this is going to be the end of Trudeau because, you know, the country wasn't in threat, but the measures are severe. And I guess we'll see where that ends up.
0: How important do you think it is? The importance of truth in the media. You are on the ground and you're watching news, and you said earlier in the program that it wasn't at all what you had been hearing. What's your your thoughts on truth and media as a nation and, and, and our freedom?
1: Well, it's time to bring it back. I think there doesn't seem to be an effort to reflect what's actually happening. There seems to be an effort to comply with the dominant narrative. And that is that these are a bunch of hate mongers that have come in here to uh, advance the cause of the white male patriarchy or whatever. Um, But that's not at all what it is. And ironically, they're using the stereotype of the truck driver that was generated from the 1950s, and uh, using that stereotype to try to bring down the, uh, protest. And, uh, I didn't meet many truck drivers who actually fit that stereotype. Um, and, uh, you know, first of all, it's a more diverse group than, than that. You've got, um, there are white males who are truckers, but there are also, uh, Sikh males who are truckers. And, um, uh, and they don't like being called racist either. And uh, it's very, um, I think, I think it's a bad thing to tell the public that the only people who drive trucks are white beer guzzling males. And uh, cause it's simply not true. Yeah. And uh, the stereotype from that, that anyone who's conservative or religious is ultra right-wing and, uh, you know, racist or whatever. That's that's simply not true. But I think what it shows is um, politicians have gotten away with a certain technique of dealing with questions they don't like, and that technique is if you can brand and label the people with the alternate view, then you don't have to consider it. And you can just move on from there. Yeah. So if I can, if if a politician can call this group racist, then they don't have to deal with their arguments. Yeah. And uh, that's something that's damaging in the long run to uh, free media. Yeah, that's so, so true. It'd be good if we brought it back. Yeah. If we brought uh, truth back.
0: Well, Rick, thank you for joining me today, and uh, I I want to thank you for speaking up. Uh, for speaking truth as you see it. I think you're in a very important position there on the council, in the city. And I'm glad that you're, you're talking about what you see uh, rather than just joining some narrative. So thank you. And uh, our prayers are with you in the weeks ahead. Okay, thank you very much. Return to Reason is supported by our fans. We are not handcuffed by advertisers or shareholders. The need for media with integrity is more important than ever. Consider becoming a partner and fueling the unheard truth by visiting returntoreason.tv.